Welcome to the Scott Shepard Podcast. I am a man on a mission to create an army of independent writers, creators, and thinkers who make a hell of a living doing what they love. And it all starts with one thing, and that is doing things the old way, the hard way, the deliberate way, the anti-net way. Listen in as I share thoughts and rants of what goes on behind the scenes as I create an independent knowledge empire where I get to spend my days doing what I love, reading, writing, and thinking while making a hell of a living and helping my people do the same. Hey, what's up, friend? Welcome back to another episode of The Daily Scott Shepherd. Today's episode is number 207, coming to you live from Little Italy, San Diego, California, on a Saturday at 7.24 p.m. Yep, that's right, 7.24 p.m. Every single day I ship. No excuses. Period. So, what we are going to talk about today and dive into, unlike other podcasts, I'm not going to have some author, guest, speaker, and you know, present to you some infotainment bullcrap, you're actually going to get tidbits and early pieces of my work. And the current thing that I am obsessed with revolves around a concept in information science and building your own, essentially your own analog personal internet for your brain. And doing so in a specific way in which it is taught every single place that you go online improperly, if you do it in a specific way that it's meant to be done, it will unlock and unleash a second mind. It will essentially make you seem like a super genius to people who talk to you. And yesterday, where I left off was talking about some of the things that the analog nature and the structure of, well, your anti-net, which is my preferred term for Zettelkosten, which is the German term for notebox. And if you're just tuning in now, you've got a lot of catching up to do. So listen to the past few episodes. And we were about to touch into this part, and I'm going to pick up on it where I essentially left off. And here's the thing. With analog and with analog systems, there is no full text search. You can't type something into you know, Google to search for something or the search box or use regular expressions if you get lost. There is no safety net, and you know it. That's the important part. So laziness, in other words, is not an option. And that's a good thing because you don't want to have a system wherein you know that you can just create things very, very, very easily and skirt the edges. You see, when you create note card links, meaning links between different note card IDs in your antinet, doing so is not easy. They are hard, and you cannot be distracted while doing such. You cannot and are not of the same mind you are in when you are creating hyperlinks, for example, or creating links or wiki links within documents on digital note-taking apps, which is basically digital mind malware. Note card links are hard links. Hard links require life energy, or else they never exist. 
This is why you should prefer and opt for a system that possesses them. Why? Because you will actually take links seriously in your notes, in your thoughts, when you're reviewing your material. When you follow hard links, you embark into the truest essence of your mind. And allow me to illustrate. You see, a hard link on, for example, risk, the concept of risk, will lead you to a branch on transformation of risk, for instance, like how it's transformed over time. And keep in mind, let's, say, let's just say that you remember and you recall relating a hard link uh, vaguely, you know, like seven years ago on risk, much longer than you remember. And this is something that you essentially, you will remember and will be stamped into your mind for a much longer period of time then you're used to remembering things if you're currently creating thoughts or notes digitally. Because a link is not a link. A digital link is not a hard link. It could be argued that really a digital link is not even a real link. Meaning, if by the term real, we employ the dictionary definition of it being, quote, a fixed or unmovable thing, something in physical space, in reality. That's where real estate comes from, right? Now, it's not to say that the information created digitally, right, is not genuine. It's just not tangible. It's not real. And even though we've evolved very rapidly to process digital information, to a large degree, cognitive uh, neuroscience essentially tells us that our brains are still trying to catch up and figure out what the hell are we doing and where our tribe is and, you know, why are we not in a cave hiding from a saber-toothed tiger? So let's jump back to hard links which is creating links on note cards that actually reference you to a fixed ID in a tree-like system, which is the anti-net. When you follow the hard link to the transformation of risk, a secondary conversation emerges in your mind, and it takes you back to that maybe dreamlike period of time from months or years prior. Meaning, when you look up risk, you're like, okay, I, I remember at least having an entry in here for risk in my mind. But let's follow it. It then takes you to a transformation of risk subject, right? And then a secondary conversation emerges in your mind, okay? Meaning, well, there's a dialogue within a dialogue when you're actively thinking, okay? And... When this secondary conversation emerges in your well, essentially secondary mind and from your secondary mind, it takes you back to that dreamlike period of time from months or years prior. I want to state that again. So it'll take you back to a time where you're kind of like you picture this memory, this dreamlike state of where you lived. And you are essentially transported to the scene almost as if you were a ghost, 
and you just transport into it. And there you are staring at the setting or the scene. Maybe you picture yourself in it. And it's that time that perhaps you were still in school or perhaps it was very early on in your writing career at that certain job, your first job, you know, that first summer job out of college, that, that boring summer. And let's say you are suddenly back in that setting where you were when you created the thought. You know, perhaps it's a, a gray fall concrete November day when you were in the library when you created the thought on the transformation of risk or risk, right? Perhaps it was a beautiful sunny day. You were out and enjoying coffee and, I don't know, chilling out in a nice setting in the sun, somehow not sweating all over your note card and your paper notes that you were creating. And suddenly, you're having a conversation with that part of you, with that part of your mind, or your second mind, essentially. And simultaneously, as this conversation is going on in your second mind, you see that the area of your anti-net that you are now in and now navigating into is in the branch that you created for your work on, let's say, systems theory. That's odd, you think to yourself. I don't recall writing of risk during that period of my life. You may think to yourself, like, I do recall being fascinated by systems theory during that time. But you do not recall at all having systems theory involving anything to do with risk or the transformation of risk, which you're like, wait, what is this? And it starts to come back to you. And you, of course, remember the time that you were working on systems theory because it was probably a fascination of yours and it took up a ton of time in that period of your life the one that you can picture, the one that you can imagine. And what you then start to do is you begin following more stems and more leaves and more thoughts nearby. And you discover another surprise. You come across a, another stem of a thought, another essentially leaf in your knowledge tree. And by leaf, I mean a note card. And this note card points you to a list of concepts, noteworthy concepts, it says and claims, in their relation to risk. It says the concepts of, of truth and science are at this note card ID, this numbered ID. And the concepts of money and power are at this note card ID. And it also points you to a note card ID on the concept of death, which is odd. You're like, wait, like, what is this? And you can see that each of those entries, each of those 
entries I've just listed were written in different colored ink, maybe different style of handwriting. So they were essentially evolved over the past however long it's been since you wrote this down. And it says, check out those concepts to learn more about the concept of risk. You then ask yourself, what the hell? Like, what does this stuff have to do with risk? Yet, you press on. You follow the path. You chase your thoughts down the uniquely one-of-a-kind, crazy rabbit hole structure that is your mind, that has evolved over time, organically. Something that has not been refactored and reorganized and deleted and restructured a million times, which is what the digital format allows us to do. No. It's something that morphed and evolved according to your mind. And when you look up the first concept, let's say truth in science, you encounter a very relevant concept on risk. And that concept is uncertainty, let's say. You then notice the same concept of uncertainty sprout up within, well, safety at work and money is pow- money and power. <laughs> money is power. You notice how death directly ties to risk as well as it is the ultimate uncertainty piece hanging over our heads. So do you see what's just happened here? All of a sudden, you're having this conversation with your second mind. And it's almost as if there are two minds connecting and communicating at the very same time simultaneously. You're not just having a conversation of, oh, where can I find this you know, search term item, right? And then just seeing a highlighted list of results in you know, Helvetica new font or Arial that shows you in highlighted format digitally what you have just searched. No, that is not what the second mind is. That is not what Nicholas Lumen created, and that is not what he discovered. What you have just done in this instance is you have begun to have this secondary conversation with that part of you, with another part of your mind from years prior. And your current mind, your primary mind, in your head is actively having a dialogue and exploring new possibilities and new connections and new random Hey, Scott Shepard here. Real quick, this podcast is sponsored by me. Yes, me, Sir Scott of Shepard. I am committed to never shilling some dildo hipster crappy freaking product like all the other podcasters do. All right? My only ask, however, is that you spend 10 seconds right now, literally pull to the side of the freaking road, the freeway, stop, (laughs) rate and review this podcast. Share it with a friend. This will help me spread my movement. You see, I want to create an army of 1,000 independent writers, creators, and thinkers. 
who get to spend their days writing and creating, using analog tools while making multiple six figures if they even need to, and more importantly, building a tribe of people that they were called to build, okay? And I want you to rate and review this podcast because it will directly help me in this mission. That's all I ask. All right, now back to the regularly scheduled program. Peace. Ways to combine this thought with what you're really thinking about now as it applies to risk. And you're suddenly also reminded and refreshed about all of this stuff, even the fact that you're in systems theory and that systems theory apparently has a lot to do with risk, which is a lot more fun and a lot more enjoyable way of refreshing on old information and refreshing and learning new thoughts compared to just the random recall bullcrap techniques of randomly forcing yourself to like view a daily email or view random note cards on a daily basis. I mean, yeah, you can have the willpower and force yourself to do that, but it's a chore. And when you're doing this, it's enjoyable. And you're refreshing on topics that are now very relevant to you. And suddenly, for the first time during all of this, you start to actually see all of the dots begin to connect. And since these thoughts were created organically, bit by bit, thought by thought, over years, they needed time to synthesize. They needed time to grow, kind of like the photosynthesis in plants that we touched on yesterday in yesterday's episode, about the concept of persistence. Persistence in botany, in zoology, in trees. Yet, as organic structures tend to be, and as it applies to your mind, they're stronger and anti-fragile when compared to thoughts and stems of thoughts and insights formed over a brief window of time. Wherein, for instance, let's say you're working on a book and you just save a new draft every single day and you do not have an anti-net. You do not have a second mind. You have not done it the hard way. Sure, you can seem to make a lot of progress and get a lot of things done quicker than you normally would. Well, especially in comparison to someone that actually writes by hand. But that doesn't mean that what you're creating is worth a shit. It doesn't mean that what you're creating has any quality or value that is unique or insightful or genius level that will actually last beyond the time that you exit this planet. If you are banking on just creating a book by reading a bunch of other related books or similar books and highlighting them and then 
having some ideas that you want to get out on paper and starting a Word document, sure. You can enjoy some business, commercial success in the modern, popular day and age. But it's synthetic, and it will be short-lived, and it's indefensible, meaning your book will sell just as long as your 15 minutes of, well, podcast tour fame hasn't dried up yet, and your PR team and your social media team isn't hasn't yet shifted essentially to the next synthetic, shitty, junk food type of pop culture science book that has been published and is all the rage. You know, not even just science, but any, any nonfiction. So what you have instead created, and it's a lot more fun to do this, is you've created a genius level work the slow way, the hard way, in a way that it has evolved almost like a tree. And it has evolved in the short term when you are getting your thoughts out on paper, which is the best way to actually get true and clarify your thinking is by writing by hand. So you've gotten that in the short term, but also in the long term, because of the tree structure and the evolutionary organic system that is the antinet, you've also evolved it over time in such a way that it could not be duplicated by any of those other dweebs that are trying to bust out a ton of digital note content bullcrap that is just surface-level junk food. You see, what you have just heard only demonstrates the power of hard links and hard linking, essentially deliberate thought linking. And you must also take notice of this. Deliberate thought linking is not the same as Wikilinks. Hard links are not easy links. They are not hyperlinks between documents. They are not Wikilinks, which really are just trivial junk food links that just add more distraction to your mind. They take a fraction of the effort. They take a fraction of the time. And as a result, they are never neuro-imprinted into your mind, wherein they're done in such a way that you can actually remember that you created an entry for fear or for risk or for any concept or for systems theory, right? Any concepts like 10 years from now. You get that when you do hard linking. And you will note that it's not the relations of relations of what makes the anti-net and this type of note-taking system powerful. 
Rather, it's specifically something else. It's something prepended before the term relations. What is this mysterious term? Well, it's something that Johannes Schmidt used, and even if you do some digging and investigation in Nicholas Luhmann's digital archives, you can even find him specifying what it is himself. What is this term? What is this specific type of relations of relations that Lumen outlined as the key thing that makes your antinet, your second mind, a system that unlocks and creates genius level work? Well, friend, that is what you're going to find out tomorrow. So without further ado, I must always advise you to stay crispy, my friend. Kick ass, take names, and, well, know that Scott Shepard is horrible at ending podcasts. <laughs> Scott Shepard signing off, 747 Post Meridium on a Saturday. Peace and love. See you tomorrow. Hey, real quick, this podcast was made possible by my sponsor, which is me. Yes, frickin' me, Sir Scott of Shepherd. You see, I am committed to never shilling some dildo-freaking-hipster-crappy product like all the other podcasters do, all right? So my only ask is that you spend 10 seconds right now, pull to the side of the road, even if you're on the frickin' freeway, and rate and review this podcast. Then share it with a friend. That's my only ask. You see, this will help spread my movement. I want to create an army of 1,000 independent writers, creators, and thinkers who get to spend their days doing what they love. Writing, creating, thinking, and taking notes using analog tools, while also making multiple six figures if they even choose to. And more importantly, I want to help my people build a tribe, a tribe of people that they were meant to serve. And so by rating and reviewing this podcast right now, you will directly help me and many others in achieving this mission. Peace.